Jane. Call her on the phone. Don't sit there all alone. If you need to pick up bone, Bobby, ask it Jean. Amazing news. ASCII Jean has received a letter from the U.S. Supreme Court. My correspondents, when they write to me, uh, they're usually worried or sad or angry or in love or tormented or whipsawed by confusion. And the Supreme Court is no different. Let me read to you. The letter the Supreme Court has sent me. Dear Eugene, Hi. We are an energetic, attractive group of go-getters. Just this week, for instance, we took away the rights of half the country and made certain the other half will get killed in a mass shooting. And yet, people are complaining. We know we can't be stopped. So how do we handle the bitching and moaning? How do we just get on with our job, end gay marriage, and stop people from falling in love and using contraceptives? Anxiously awaiting your reply, and they sign it. Sincerely yours, the United States. Supreme Court. So, of course, I replied. And this is what I said. I think you have an idea what I said. Dear U.S. Supreme Court, you worthless pieces of crap. You know, darlings, I hate to chastise any group of religious maniacs. However, uh, you are a woman-hating dingbats and you choose to worship your gods as you wish, that is fine with me. I'm just writing to let you know that those brain-damaged rulings you issued this week are not going to stand. P.S. I do not include the illustrious Justice Soda, Sonia Sotomayor. I do not include the cogent Justice Elena Kagan. Or I do not include, and he only has one day left, the delightful Justice Stephen Breyer in my reply. Uh, PPS, I do especially include the man whose initials are C-T, the two letters you need to spell what he is. So, ladies and gentlemen, conflabians, listeners, uh, my dear friends, um, if you can hear me, um, let's work on this together. Let's start out with who 
who it, we're going to come up with ideas, how to fix this, how to fight back, how to get pro-life again, back for all 50 states. But first, let's figure out who is getting abortions in America. Well, first of all, we know it's not men, because if men could get pregnant, abortions would be available on the floor of the U.S. Senate. This is what we know. Well, hell, they would be uh, abortions would be provided on the desks of the U.S. Supreme Court members. We know that if men could get pregnant. So who is the typical patient? Who is the typical person who gets the abortion? Okay, here it is. It's she, she is already a mother. She is in her late 20s. She has attended some college. She has a low income. She is unmarried. She is in her first six weeks of pregnancy. And she is having her first abortion. Now, here's the surprising uh, statistic. She lives in a blue state. Now, I got, I, got the, I got the who she is from the New York Times. Now, the latest estimate from the Guttmacher uh, Institute, that's the uh, reproductive health research uh, group that supports abortion rights, they found that 25% of women will have an abortion by the end of their childbearing years. One in every four women. So that tells us, that tells us who we're fighting for here, okay? Now, the abortion rate has fallen, or you can say it's actually plummeted since the 1980s. According to the New York Times, American women are having half as many abortions. At, oh, there goes the dog. Hang on. You hear this? Uh, we have Guffington von Fluke on. <laughs> right at the best part, Guffington von Fluke is on an electronic fence, so he doesn't go in the road. So he has seven acres, seven acres to run around on. And apparently a bear just walked into the yard because somebody, something tripped. I hope it is a bear. I hope it's a whole bear family. Um, they, tripped the, uh, they tripped the wire. So either the bears are coming to the house or a moose, possibly an elk. Or, you know, maybe it's the, uh, oh, well, maybe it's the GOP. Anyway, so... According to the New York Times, American women are having half as many abortions as 30 years ago. Uh, so, and now we have the abortion pill, uh, or is it? A, it's really actually called the medication abortion. Okay, so this procedure is approved for use in the United States, and it includes two medications. Uh, this pill has changed everything, as we know. And when we say the pill, it's actually two medications. The first pill blocks uh, the hormone progesterone, and that's required for a pregnancy to continue. And the second pill brings on contractions in the uterus. Okay, so these two pills uh, are to be taken in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy, and that's the time when most abortions in, in America are performed by doctors and clinics. The pills are safe. They cause a complete abortion in 99% of the patients. 
about one half the women who get abortions in the U.S. opt for medication abortion. And that is what has changed the game. And let me have a sip of water. I have to get ready to fight the bears who, uh, or whatever tripped that wire. Uh, so that's what's changed the game is the, the uh, medication abortion. It's causing such a ruckus in red states uh, because people are tearing out their own hair trying to figure out how to make receiving abortion pills through the mails a criminal offense. Um, and uh, when it's a criminal offense, then that leads to huge fines and jail time. So they're trying to figure out how to police it. So one great idea has occurred to me <laughs> as I was sending out a tweet about uh, coming here, listen to what's going on. Um, why don't we listen to this? Why don't we just park a whole line of mobile clinics along the red state's borders? Just park acres, acres, acres of mobile clinics along red state borders and then give free consultations and, uh, dispense pills. Um, of course, I didn't come up with this idea. Uh, just uh, go to the website, just the pill, just the pill.com. Okay. And uh, you'll, you can read more about this. So when the Supreme Court overturned Roe, uh, they did it at a time when two thirds of Americans were in favor of retaining Roe. Two thirds of Americans. This is that figure has never been higher. Um, and 57% of Americans affirm a woman's right to abortion for any reason. Okay, so that is the background of what we're, this is what, this is what, when we talk about how do we fight this, this is what we're going to talk about fighting. It is, um, uh, we're facing uh, terrible odds, and I'll tell you uh, the odds, if you want to get a feeling for what we're up against just tonight. <laughs> there have been some heartening, some heartening developments. I mean, uh, I get to bring you some good news. Uh, we're, first, we're going to go through where, where each state is. And where uh, the good news is, uh, I know it's unbelievable that I actually have some good news here. Uh, so as of 5 p.m. tonight, um, these are where the states stand. And, of course, they're so rapidly changing. I have to say as of 5 p.m. tonight, because this is how quickly uh, the, uh, the battlegrounds are changing. So state by state, Alabama, the legal status of, uh, of abortion is absolutely prohibited. Abortion is banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. Arkansas. Abortion is banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. Kentucky, abortion is banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. Missouri, or as they say, Missouri, abortion is banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. Oklahoma, the state has prohibited abortion at the point of fertilization. South Dakota, abortion is banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. Wisconsin, 
the state has a law uh, from before Roe that bans nearly all abortions and makes performing them a felony. Uh, the Democratic governor and attorney general have filed a lawsuit in an attempt to block the ban. Okay, go Wisconsin. Louisiana, a court blocked the state's abortion ban, which has gone into effect on June 24th. The judge scheduled a July 8th hearing to decide whether to further enjoin enforcement of the ban. So you see what's happening. Every state is now, uh, okay, I'm not going to get to the good news yet. I'm just going to go on. Utah, a court temporarily blocked the state's abortion ban, which has gone into effect, uh, which would have gone into effect on June 24th. Uh, they have a ban on abortions after 18 weeks of pregnancy. Okay, that got Texas. Well, we know there's a big, big fight going on in Texas right now. As we're talking, as we're listening to this little podcast, uh, they're fighting their brains out in Texas. A ban on abortion after six weeks of pregnancy is currently, in fact, a court temporarily blocked the enforcement of a pre-row ban on most abortions. Texas has a separate trigger ban with no exceptions for rape or incest. And that is set to take effect maybe or maybe not because we got a lot of battles going on. Idaho, a trigger law banning nearly all abortions is set to take effect soon. Planned Parenthood has filed a a, a lawsuit. Mississippi, a law banning nearly all abortions will take effect July 7th, although there's a lawsuit there. Are you seeing what's developing here? Uh, North Dakota, a trigger law banning nearly all abortions is set to take effect July 28th. Uh, Tennessee, abortion is banned after six weeks of pregnancy. Uh, now they're fighting in Tennessee. Uh, it will, uh, the trigger law will likely, likely, we don't know, take effect this summer. West Virginia, the voters approved an amendment to the state's constitution that denies any right to the to an abortion. Any right. Uh, so uh, Wyoming, abortion is banned after six weeks of pregnancy. And there's gonna there's a little bit the ACLU has filed a lawsuit in Wyoming. Uh, oh boy. Now, Ohio. It's restricted in Ohio. And abortion is banned after six weeks of pregnancy. A judge, uh, Planned Parenthood and ACLU are fighting there. So, you know, there's a whole First Rights Amendment thing going on here, too. Freedom of speech. Uh, it's, um, it's becoming, uh, so, um, fraught on so many, on so many levels, on so many fronts. Um, so, uh, South Carolina, abortion is banned after six weeks of pregnancy. Um, uh, Arizona, uh, restricted the state enacted abortion ban after 15 weeks. Uh, Florida, oh, Florida is a cesspool. Let me have another drink of water here. Let me read this to you. The state enacted an abortion ban after 15 weeks of pregnancy, which will go into effect July 1st. The state's high court recognized the right to an abortion in its constitution three decades ago, but the court has become more conservative. Three of the seven judges appointed 
because of, uh, appointed by you know who, what's his name, uh, Georgia. The state, and it's also restricted there, the state enacted a ban on abortion after six weeks of pregnancy, but a court has blocked it. <sighs> now, those uh, are the states where it's totally banned. Jenna, you just said this is depressing. It's not depressing. It's a fight. We can't be, get depressed. We can't get depressed because if we get depressed, that's cat, uh, uh, just spells catastrophe. So we can't get depressed. We have to get energized. Uh, okay, so I just read the list uh, of states uh, where it's banned or, you know, really, t- really uh, restricted. Now here, oh boy, here are the states where it's uh, iffy. <laughs> and now you know what's coming up. It's in Indiana. The governor will call a special session of state legislature early in July. Iowa, uh, in June, the state's high court overturned a 2018 decision that said it might, said the right, oh, okay, so they overturned uh, a ruling uh, in two, uh, it overturned a 2018 decision that said the right to an abortion was protected under the state constitution, so they've overturned that. Um, that's in, uh, that's in Iowa, Kansas is up in the air. Michigan is up in the air. Montana is up in the air. These are all, they're all legal battles going on. Nebraska is up in the air. North Carolina. Wow. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is a, oh boy. Pennsylvania abortion is not protected by state law. Republicans currently control the state legislature. Oh boy. Virginia. Uh, Abortion will most likely stay accessible but it's not expressly protected by law. Okay, but here's what's happening. Here's the good news. All these states, which are run by religious fanatics, they happen to be liberal district attorneys in blue pockets, mainly the big cities in these red straight states, And the liberal district attorneys are refusing to bring criminal charges against abortion providers. So uh, in a statement, this is the great news. This is, people didn't see this coming. Here's what a group of 80 elected prosecutors, here's they've released a statement that uh, and I'm reading this on the New York Times. The group said, enforcing abortion bans on what had for decades been legal medical, a uh, legal medical procedure would degrade public trust, especially for sexual assault victims and drain resources from what the prosecuting attorneys are calling serious crimes. Uh, as quote, criminalizing and prosecuting individuals who seek or provide an abortion uh, makes a mockery of justice. Prosecutors should not be a part of that. So, boy, this, doesn't that make you feel better? Listen, they're fighting this on every front. And if the prosecutor, 
Can you imagine all the money that would go into fighting? Uh, well, do you know they want to send some women who get abortions and some providers, they want to send them to jail for as much as 15 years? Some women would get a sentence of 15 years, um, and uh, we're looking at huge fines, huge fines, all right? But here's the thing. <sighs> These liberal prosecutors are not going to waste tax. Do you know how much taxpayer money it would cost to try to put a woman in jail for uh, having an abortion? First of all, good luck proving she's had an abortion. And second of all, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars would go into uh, proving that a woman, uh, uh, you know, is guilty of a crime. They, and the prosecuting attorneys have recognized this. The states would lose so much money um, uh, spending it uh, trying to prove uh, these poor innocent women whose lives, uh, their futures, uh, their family's futures would be ruined if they were forced to, forced to have a child. And now uh, it suddenly occurred to people that the state is going to lose a ton, a shitload of money trying to pro prosecute these uh, women. And good luck trying to find a prosecutor who will prosecute them, let alone prosecute a doctor. Uh, so uh, the more I hear this, the better I feel. Uh, I feel like this, you know, the future is not bleak. We can't lose heart. We got to be up and moving. Uh, and so let's get to the part. <laughs> let's get to the part of this little uh, discussion where you, you talk and I shut up. So let's, let's get to the part where we get to the ideas. And we have a bunch of ideas about what we can do. Uh, yeah, Jenna just said the Supreme Court has lost all credibility, all credibility in my mind. Well, yes, Jenna, they have lost all credibility because they're run by a right wing group of religious fanatics. Um, and let us just say that it's not about, um, uh, getting pregnant, it's about women having sex. And that they are punishing women for having sex. That is what they are doing. And uh, we have to realize that. That, you know, women have generally been published for, uh, punished for having sex. And this is just going to put a woman into jail for 15 years if she's had sex. However, these brave, brave, prosecuting attorneys are saying no way so um it's actually pretty good so let's talk about some ideas so right off the top of my head after i read those states jesus all those states um wouldn't it be a good idea and join me in this uh i want you to help me develop this idea um wouldn't it be a good idea if we boycott every state which prohibits abortion? Let's talk about that for a minute. Wouldn't that be a good idea if we boycotted every state that prohibits abortion? I mean, never visit their tourist sites, never stay in their hotels, never go to their cities, never attend their universities. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when I say never attend their universities, that gives us the idea. 
do you know how much Alabama, the state of Alabama, do you know how proud they are of the role, uh, you know, the Crimson Tide, their football team? These red states are football team crazy, right? If we all boycotted all the athletic events um, that are sponsored by universities in these red states, they would lose money. They would lose students. They would, you know, um, let's uh, think about coming up with an effective way to start boycotting all these red state universities and their stupid, horrible. Uh, I mean, the kids who play on the uh, on the teams are great. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, let's not, I, you know, I, I'm not talking that the kids are bad who are playing on these teams. I'm talking about the states are bad that fund the universities that have these teams. So, And we boycott every product made in these states. And you know what the number one state is for building automobiles? Not Michigan. It's Alabama. So uh, let's never buy. Let's never use. Let's never eat. Let's never wear. Or let's never drive any product made in one of their stupid uh states that is uh that is doing this to women it's, you know uh, they've taken away women's rights you you know that they've taken away women's rights we are not equal in these states not equal okay so let's get on to the you know a hundred more ways to take action let's start with what we can do constitutionally okay all right, so what does the Constitution say we can do to fix this? And if the Democrats would get off their lazy, 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 lazy butts, we could have already started, but no, no, I don't know what they're doing. But here, here what we can, here's what we can do. We can impeach and remove the justices. This is a provision of the U.S. Constitution. We can impeach and remove these dingbat judges. That's what we can do. Of course, it's not happening. It's everybody's sitting around and nobody's doing it. I don't know. Do you, one of the members of the conflab, you want to take this over? Impeach and remove the justices, okay? Uh, I should have had a big glass of water before I started, but I'm drinking it now. Uh, that's number one. We can enlarge or contract the size of the court. We can make it smaller or larger. Uh, when the Constitution was written, there were six Supreme Court judges. That's it. So if Biden, who's refusing to do it, but, you know, maybe we can get to him, um, if he just made it to, you know, 12 and appointed him, it would be it would be fabulous. Okay. We can take away Okay, you ready for this? We can do this. The Constitution says we can do this. We can take away the court's jurisdiction over certain issues. Like Are you ready for this? Like reproductive rights. This is in the Constitution. We can take away the court's jurisdiction over reproduction rights. Now, um, I don't quite know how to do that because I really um, 
tried to look into it. And of course, uh, my brain is a sieve and, um, uh, I, but I, it's right there in the constitution. Um, uh, so, or, uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Jamil Bowie, you know, who writes for the times, he says we can also weaken the court's power of judicial review by requiring, this is good, a super majority of justices to sign off on any decision, um, on any decision that overturns the law. So that seems doable to me. That seems doable. And also, thank you for uh, Jamil uh, uh, Bowie. Uh, let's quote you. Congress can also rebuke the court with legislation that simply cancels the decision in question. Okay, if we had six, if we had a majority of sixty-two, we could simply rebuke the court with legislation that sent, and then just cancel their damn uh, <laughs> decision. Just say, oh no. Oh no, we got 62 votes. That's canceled. That's what we could do. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> Jenna says, where's Joyce when you need her? That's funny. Uh, Jenna, I was just talking to Joyce about two minutes ago about her Substack, which is brilliant. Uh, so, uh, so here's another idea. Uh, <laughs> now that we're talking about, um, you know, getting a majority, uh, in the Senate. We should codify Roe. Codify. Now, <clears throat> we can do this. We just need a majority, a super majority, you know, a major majority of 62 votes. Uh, let's not kid ourselves. We don't have 60 votes. We have to need 62. We have 48 now. So instead of running around and flapping our gums and telling people to vote, you know, telling people to vote doesn't do any good. It's like saying the word uh, climate change or the word environment. It means diddly squat. Uh, we have to uh, tell people to, to vote for Senate candidates who have a chance of winning. That's where our vote should go. And if we're going to donate money, if you're going to donate your little mite, Donate it to the Senate candidate who has a chance of actually being elected. Uh, so if you have some extra time and a little extra money, you can drive down to the states where, you know, we have a chance of putting another senator uh, into the Senate. There's some very, very tight races. Uh, do I even need to mention Georgia? Uh, you know, there, there, we could win. We could get the 62 votes if we stop telling people to vote and go put our energy into the states where we can actually win the Senate. So, And then we'd go door to door, not to Republicans' houses, because that's a waste of time. If we go to door to door and talk to registered Democrats and make sure they go to the polls, ask what their plan is, and then personally drive those suckers to the polls on election day. We would have a chance of getting the 62 votes that we need. Um, so, 
So there's that codify, codify row. And then let's make the midterms a one issue election. Um, this is what the suffragettes did. They did nothing but do a one issue election. They organized, they got thrown into jail by the hundreds, thrown into jail. They got arrested. Um, you know, they loaded, look this up. This is amazing. I always talk about this. They loaded an entire train full of women who had been in prison for agitating for voting rights. And they raised hell across the country. Guess what? They won. That's the kind of dedication it's going to take. You know, sitting around saying vote, vote, vote doesn't mean diddly squat. So, uh, and the third thing uh, is to influence the influencers. If you can get a hold of J-Lo, you know, if you can get a hold of Taylor Swift, if you can get a hold of, you know, these major TikTok people or these major Instagram people and uh, convince them, you know, to, you know, write a line for the, for your Senate candidate who has a chance of winning, who has a chance of winning, uh, do it. Yeah. As I said, I've, I've said Taylor Swift has more pull with the American voter than, than the New York Times. We realize the world has changed. The world, I need more water. Wow. I should have had water. Um, the whole world has changed in the last four years, particularly in the last two years with the rise of the influencer. And these influencers have uh, such power. So, um, does anybody here? Does anybody here want to come up and speak? Okay. Uh, anybody else got an idea? All right. I'll just keep flapping my gums here. Why don't we make all federal lands open for legal abortion? It's federal land. Open up abortion clinics. It's federal land. We all own it. Let's pass out uh, the medical abortion pills. Let's perform abortions on on our land. It's it's all federal lands. Also, by the way, oh, I've just now thought of this. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. Something's just st struck me. We could, you know, because uh, uh, indigenous Americans uh, are separate nations. The nation uh, uh, of each uh, in indigenous tri tribal uh, people, it, they have their own nation. They have their own laws. They have their own, wow. I wonder if it's been tested. Can abortions, let's say, let's take Montana, where it's, uh, you know, getting an abortion in Montana is very, very difficult. But I'm wondering if you could get an abortion on in the nation uh, owned by, uh, you know, the Blackfeet or the, you know, uh, which, you know, which, uh, hmm, that, somebody's got to look that up while we're on here. Uh, would somebody do me a favor and look that up and tell us, uh, is it legal to get an abortion in the various Indian nations in America? In the, uh, you know, in the first Americans nations, is it legal to get abortions? Because if it is, 
I'm going to start a campaign. Okay. So here's another idea. If you live in a red state, and many of you do, unfortunately, first of all, move to New York. You know, New York is paying for everything in the red states anyway, so is California. So if you live in a red state, make sure certain that your state's district attorney, who serves at the pleasure of the voters, knows you're going to vote her butt out if she ever tries to prosecute a woman for having an abortion. Make sure she gets that message. Uh, I happen to know personally, you can actually change. Uh, you can actually change the law by driving to your state capital and talking to legislatures. You can actually get law changed. You can actually do it. I have seen it happen. I have been a part of it. It is a triumphant thing. Never sit back and think you can't do anything because, by God, you can. Um, if you um, are you looking for a list uh, of the best, you know, you're going to freak out when you see, you know, the best, the best list of organizations <laughs> of abortion rights in the United States. Do you know who has the best list? I know you're not going to believe it. It's Wikipedia. They have an astonishing list of religious organizations who are fighting for women's rights and who are pro-choice. They have everything you can think of on Wikipedia. I mean, we, you know, Wikipedia. You want, you want to uh, know what you can do? Go to Wikipedia. Uh, you know who to, where to donate your money? Go to Wikipedia. It's a really true. And the great thing about the Wikipedia list is, of course, it's Wikipedia. It's composed of people who constantly are on Wikipedia, uh, updating and correcting and editing. And so the list is uh, very up to date. And I approved of the list 100 uh, percent. And I, I was amazed that it, they had one. And there it was. OK, so how else do we fight this hideosity? Now, I am looking, I went through the conflict. I went to ask Eugene to look at my own, you know, <laughs> see, to see some of the great ideas we've had come up on Ask Eugene. We've had some great ideas. Here's what Gene says. <laughs> this is so conflabian that I can't even put it into words. Gene says, we need an all-out strike. All women stop everything, especially sex, until our rights are restored. Anybody vote for that? Anybody like that idea? Give me a thumbs up. If anybody likes the idea <laughs> of Gene's idea of strike. Yep, we knew that. Strike, strike. All women, stop. Everything, every, everything. Stop until our rights. You know, um, that's not a bad idea. You can't get two women in America to agree on anything. But, you know, with a lot of work, uh, with a lot of work, we could probably pull off an all-woman strike. Probably. You know, that's not a bad idea. So here's another conflabian. When I say conflabian, the conflab is the ASCII gene group of brain trusts who help uh, answer questions of the correspondents and who give advice. And uh, they're very good at this. And this is what Gail says. Although I live in a red county, I live in a blue state. Abortion rights are protected here, she says. My senators and congressmen are wonderful. 
I, oh, this is a good idea. She says, I have written to them, to her senators and congressmen. See, this is what a conflavian does. She writes to her senators and her congressmen. God damn it, she writes to those. So uh, I have written to them and asked that they work on presenting legislation that will provide, here we go, free prenatal care, lactation specialists, and visiting nurses to each new mother and infant. Also, paid parental leave, a financial stipend for each birth, free child care, and improved free postnatal care for every new mother and child. Gail says it's important to get such legislation up and acted upon so voters will know, oh, here it comes, which candidates actually find real value in human life. Is that brilliant? I mean, wow. So what have we learned? We've learned show up. We've learned organize. We've learned if somebody disagrees with you, share your personal story with that person of why you believe women should have rights that way. Ask Eugene. We've learned that by telling our personal stories can actually change somebody's mind by just talking about what has happened to us. We can help somebody else. We've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, we get a terrible ask Eugene, uh, uh, you know, question, which seems impossible to answer. And uh, the Conflavians sit down, they explain how they handled it and what, what happened in their lives. And I think we can use that technique in the abortion battle. I think if people, people can't argue with you when you tell your personal story. First of all, it's very moving. And second of all, it's important to let uh, the young women in your families Know your story. Hang on, I gotta get a drink of water. It's important that the young, younger generation in your family, the, the girls who are 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, have heard what, uh, your story and your, uh, what happened to you and, uh, what it was like and, I mean, I can tell story. I was born in 1943, so I have a lot of stories about uh, my friends, about the difficulties, about the heartaches of pre-Roe uh, days. I also have lots of stories, upbeat stories about women who uh, who have terminated their pre- pregnancies. But people need to hear this, particularly. Um, Pro-life people need to hear anybody who's had an abortion and is upbeat about it and is happy she's had it. They always run the stories where if she's had an abortion, her life is over, and she's so depressed, and all she thinks about the child, she thinks about the child. That is not necessarily true. Most women who have had uh, terminated their pregnancies feel good about it, feel not just good about it, but feel elated that they have seized uh, control of their own future, uh, over their future lives. So show up organize. If somebody disagrees with you, share your story. 
if you happen to have any extra time, uh, go to the Ask Eugene Substack, which is, uh, and you can read what the famous Conflab has come up with. Uh, so you get there by going egenecarol.substack.com, egenecarol.substack.com. Oh, no, egenecarol.substack.com. Take a look at the brilliant ideas and think about, you know, uh, think about joining the pro-choice underground. There's a big underground, you know, driving women to out-of-state clinics, providing them with safe hotel rooms, healthy meals, legal advice. You know, there's a little bit of an argument whether you should offer a woman a place in your home. Um, Many people are saying a safe hotel room is probably better because, you know, her privacy, it might be better. She may be traveling with the traveling with a child or traveling with her romantic partner. It may be better to provide a safe hotel room. And so if you have any ideas how to fight the overturning of Roe, uh, come to the Ask Eugene Substack, and that's egenecarol.substack.com. And go to the post called the Supreme Court <laughs> writes to Ask Eugene. I'd love to hear from you. So before I play the greatest theme song since Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, I want you to remember what George Carlin said. Conservatives are not pro-life. They are anti-woman. The Ask Eugene music is by Los Caterpillars, Greg Talenfeld, and Melanie Rock. Incidentals by Little Red Church. Show art by the Rembrandt of his generation, Silent James. Ask Eugene is produced by, are you kidding? The dog is played, and I must say, the dog was played very, very nicely uh, for this show by Guffington Von Fluke, a great character actor. The cat! The cat also performed brilliantly in this podcast. And she, the cat is played by Vagina T Fireball. Email us at e.gene at askegene.com, e.gene at askegene.com, or send me a juicy email at uh, 845-682-008. I don't even know my own thing. What was my own thing? Oh, let me look it up. Uh, (laughs) 845-682-0881. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Give us, please, give us five stars. Is it going to kill you? Give us five stars. And uh, remember what I always say, darlings, fate loves the fearless. Call her on the phone. Call her on the phone. When you're all alone, just ask Eugene. Call her on the phone. Don't sit there all alone.
Shit. <laughs>